Genre. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back, everybody, to Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And today, uh, well, actually, so yesterday, yesterday and Monday, we were joined by Kyle Crane. So I'd just like to thank him fun. again for coming Yay. on. That was so much fun. I had such a good time recording with him. Um, we had one kind of slow minute and then one really terrifying minute. Yes, the scariest moment. I think the scariest moment. We're kind of mid-moment here. That's true, uh, yes. We're starting today, minute 108, with this hooded figure moving in on Harry. Uh, and then it ends with a uh, centaur telling him that drinking the blood of the unicorn will keep you up. That's it. I'll talk, figure out. It'll keep you what? afloat. Afloat? <laughs> uh, like literally or figuratively? <laughs> Give me another word that starts with an A that, that, that you could, it'll keep you. I feel like the affectionate. word. Affectionate. Affectionate. Drinking the blood of a unicorn will keep you affectionate. No, I don't think so. Just wants all the, all the, all the hugs. All the hugs. I mean, it's something so pure. Just wants a hug. Oh. I I don't think you should have to be have to kill a unicorn to want more hugs. I mean, if you're Voldemort, maybe that's how you. He 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 he's he doesn't know how to love. Oh, he needs to learn. Yeah, that's why he's drinking unicorn blood. Learn how to love. Like that trailer with a uh, Emma Watson playing Belle, but it's they cut it. Oh, with, uh, so it's Hermione and Lord Voldemort. <laughs> Beauty and Lord Voldemort. Hermione has to teach him how to love. Aww. I love that, actually. <laughs> There's a moment where she tells him to smile, and, he, and it's the Voldemort <laughs> smile from Deathly Hallows, and it's the greatest part of that oh movie. My God. It's so wonderful. That's probably, like, my favorite fan-made trailer ever, oh, like, man. put together. It's, you know, it's I so forgot. Great. I forgot that that was a thing. I'm gonna share that to the group. I, I could have swore it probably was shared back when, like, Doesn't it matter. first came out. Gonna but. do it again, because we talked about it right now. It's so great. It's so funny. I love it so much. So, uh, yeah, so, creepy hood figure, moving in on Harry. Um, my very first note says, Harry falls on his ass. All right. Because... That's what happened. That is what, it, that is what it happens. Uh, he takes a couple steps back away from this hooded figure. Um, you know, I really liked what Kyle was saying that he had a feeling he had always thought that, that Voldemort was kind of a ghost, that this was like some sort of specter figure. Right. And, uh, and that he didn't consider that he and Voldemort were still, or had been united at this point. Like they're already sharing a body. Mm-hmm. But I will never, ever get the image out of my head of, like, demon-possessed quarrel bending over backwards so that Voldemort can drink <laughs> out of the ba- I always assumed maybe, maybe that Voldemort, that this was quarrel drinking the blood. That, um, 
that he leaned forward and was like being possessed by, right. like his body is inhabited by um, Voldemort and Voldemort is in control of his body at this moment. Um, yeah, the, the, the idea that Voldemort is like possessing Coral's body is creepy. It, it really is like a, but essentially that's kind of what it is. He is in a way a specter, mm-hmm. but he is, uh, possessing a body. Yeah. He's essentially a parasite. So to, to I, Coral. um, I was going to say this for tomorrow. Oh. But we're talking about Voldemort today, so let's do it. Um, yesterday with Kyle, we were questioning, um, where the body he gets yeah. later comes yeah. from. So I, when I was researching unicorn blood for something tomorrow, uh, the Harry Potter wiki page says that in, in year four, Peter Pettigrew used or, uh, unicorn blood along with Nagini's venom to create a potion which would temporarily create a body for Voldemort. But temporarily. Yeah. So what they do is they create this temporary vessel that can be then dumped into the, the cauldron along with Harry's blood and, and Tom Riddle's bone to like build the new body. Okay. Isn't that creepy? That's super creepy. It's super creepy. So he is just a ghost at this point. Was he, he a has homunculus? Been like, oh my just God. a ghost <laughs> since... Yes. Uh, he has been just a ghost since the night that Harry's parents died. Right. Um. Do you think he's attached to other people in that time? Oh. Maybe not people. Things? Things. The guinea. No. I still am up in the air about whether or not Nagini was created. I think Nagini was created. I don't know. I don't know if Nagini was created before or after the death of the Potters. Um, it comes, I come back and forth on that a lot between various, uh, Harry Potter sites. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to reread the books. I'm in the process of starting to annotate my books. So that's gonna be fun going through those. Um, so Harry backs up and he plops onto his butt and then he scoots away a little bit. He kind of like hides in the nook of the roots of this tree. My note here says that Harry here hiding from trying to hide from Voldemort looks like the moment when the hobbits are hiding from the, the The black rider the first time. Yeah. It feels like the same type of. Like, it's a big tree and they're hiding under the gnarled roots that are sticking out. But instead right. of it being above him looking down, it's, like, coming at him. Yeah, it's not like he's hiding from it because he, just he can fell. be seen. Yeah. He's scooting he away. He knows he's seen. Yep. Oh, he tries to get, like, even deeper into it. And he, like, looks back and forth. Like, can I? Where do I go? Like, can I, he has nowhere to go. What do I do? And then you hear these footsteps. And right when you hear the footsteps, the, the hooded figure kind of stumbles back and then takes off. Uh, Chris Columbus mentions that this is the first fully CGI thing we see in this particular scene. Um, there isn't like a person dressed up with like a CGI behind for this, the horse. Like the whole thing is CGI. The, the man and horse complete, okay. like the entire thing is one CGI creation. And it's because he wanted it to be able to move, um, as if it was one creature, like if you had had a man that was a stand-in and then they did like digitally the horse's body behind it, it wouldn't all naturally move like together seamlessly. Normally, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you, what I noticed, um, one of the notes that I took is like when Harry and, and, and this unicorn, uh, centaur, I say unicorn, uh, when, when Harry and the centaur are talking, um, 
it sort of like dances around on its hooves the way you would imagine a horse would like kind of, it doesn't, it's yeah, not yeah. very steady. It doesn't stand there. He kind of like moves a bit. And I like that movement. It makes him look more real. Yeah. Which I think is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Cause a horse doesn't just like really stand in place and mm-hmm. not move. It kind of shifts its weight back and forth yeah. and, 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 and so you can kind of see that movement in him, which I think is really cool. Yeah. The horse mannerisms. Yeah. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> horse mannerisms. <laughs> horse mannerisms. Horse mannerisms, yes. yes. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Didn't uh, mean to do that. Yeah, but, but I'm glad it happened. I'm, I'm, I am too. All right. Uh, so, so this, uh, centaur, his name is Ferenz, which we'll find out tomorrow, actually, I think. Spoilers. Spoilers for tomorrow. Uh, the centaur's name is Ferenz. And he, like, does the, like, back on the hind, or back on his back legs, like, kicking out at- Like, rears up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then cloaked Voldemort, like, slides away, and then flies off into the night. And it's, um, we, we, we questioned whether or not this was, like, a person in a suit or, like, a dummy. But, like, the way it takes off, it looks like, like, like a T, like a T-shaped beam with, like, cloaks over it oh my gosh because it just like flutters around the body shape like as it goes up the arms are like straight out and so it looks now that i'm looking at it like since we've been doing this minute by minute like it looks kind of super fake but i don't know like we don't know you don't know i don't know uh let me see if i can cue it up so you can see it as i talk about it um I like that he like stumbles back though, like afraid of friends when he comes well, trying to. He's never over. I'm pretty sure he's never seen a centaur before. <laughs> it looks kinda silly the way he takes it, off into the air. It, it does it's weird. So silly. how does So Quirrell just flew off into the night? I I think that also adds to the reason why why um Kyle would have thought that, that was just like a specter. Like a spectral figure. Again, I think just because Voldemort is just taking over slowly more and more mm. of Quirrell, possessing him more and more, yeah. that it's giving Quirrell abilities and things that he wouldn't have. So I think Voldemort can fly. It's established it, right here in the beginning of the first in it here in the first movie, minute one hundred and eight. Voldemort can fly. I mean, we don't actually see him fly. Until, we like, literally see well, him I mean, fly like, away into the I mean, the like, night. you know what I mean. But, like, we don't see Vol- when we Voldemort don't see that comes Voldemort. back to power. Well, yeah, because yeah, we Voldemort see him fly to- later. Yeah, we do. But, like, yeah, you're right. That means if this is the case, yes, this further solidifies that he's always been able to, even when he's able to possess another person's Interesting. Body. Well, yeah, we talked about how Voldemort is basically using Quirrell as his wand. Yeah. He's a puppet. He's a, a shell. Oh, that's for, creepy. For him. It's very creepy. Can you imagine how, um, uh, like, how that feels? For Quirrell? For Quirrell. To be, Quirrell. to be, uh, basically having another being in you taking over you. You're becoming less you and more that person. Thank yeah. you. Uh, is Quirrell... I guess we can't talk about it until he unwraps his turban. Well, until Harry comes face to face with him, mm-hmm. and he's like, mm-hmm. not the poor stuttering Professor Quirrell. Um, 
I really want to discuss, like, who is the real Quirrell? I think the stuttering Quirrell... We can't is- talk. Let's... We should save it. Ah, uh, all right. I'm sorry. All right. Because that's, like, something that we... That, that is going to happen in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. I understand. Um... So, so, this, um... The centaur comes out, and uh, I f- uh, we just talked. His name is Ferenz. <clears throat> He's voiced by a man named Ray Firon. 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 F e a r o n. Okay. He's been in a ton of TV. Okay. Nothing I've ever heard of. Oh. But I feel like I watch more TV than you do. <laughs> True. <laughs> Dave, you tell me. Uh, the only thing that I something. so he does have a credit in the new Beauty and the Beast movie, but. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, neither have I. His name is... I want to say... I kind of want to pronounce it Pierre, but it's P-E with, like, a downward... um, Like, an accent mark. But instead of being, like, a, like an upward accent, it's, like, a downward accent. R-E. Right. I think that's still... Yeah, it's not I kinda spelled wanna say like... Pierre, though. It's not pronounced, like, Pierre. But like... I don't think it's Pier. Or Piri. <laughs> Piri. Piri. P- Petri. Petri? No, that's not <laughs> P- No. P- um, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I don't even know how big of a character he is. Right? That might be a very insignificant... And people thing. are... Oh, someone at home could be like, it's... However you pronounce it. They know. They've seen it. They're like, oh my god, how do you not know that guy? Because like, he probably wasn't in the animated Robert. one. Okay. His last name is Robert. Okay. Um. Yeah. I don't know anything about that character, but he was in that movie. So, that's a thing. Uh, he was also in two episodes of the TV show Snatch. He was in a show called New Blood, um, Da Vinci's Demons. Oh, actually, I've heard of that. Oh, he played Carlo De Medici for nine episodes of Da Vinci's Demons. That's interesting. And he played Macduff in the Macbeth TV movie in 2013. Um, Death in Paradise, Planet of the Eight Men, Time Machine, Rise of the Morlocks, Lulu and Jimmy. Yeah, I don't... All right. A lot of stuff I don't know. Honestly, I don't know it either, so there you go. See? So I, I could have just gone on with, it's a bunch of stuff that we don't know. Okay. And... <laughs> I wanted to make sure. <laughs> now you know that you don't know. Now I know that I don't know, and I lost that battle already. Yeah. So, so Forenza automatically knows who Harry Potter is. Uh, he greets him yes. by his full name. Harry Potter, you must leave. He says, you are known to many creatures here. What does that mean? What else is living in the forest? Um, but does Aragog know who Harry is? Is he Maybe Aragog does know. Um, if, if, if what Varen says is true... Then it's not like there's no, there's nothing in there that doesn't know who he is. Yeah, I feel like what the he's saying is not only, he he's not saying that there are other beasts here, there are other like magical creatures, but like, I, the way he uses the term there, you are known to many creatures, it doesn't mean that like, I think, I think he means like sentient thinking creatures like him, like Aragog. Right. Like, cause I don't, I don't think that like other unicorns know who Harry Potter is. Right. Right. Right? So it means that there, it sounds like, but, and many creatures, which I think implies that there are a lot of things that are like, yeah, living in the living, forest. Living, making a, a, a life in the forest. Right. Um, 
Maybe there are werewolves living in the forest. We talked about feral people last week. Maybe there could be a family of werewolves and they Maybe. just live out there. And... I don't know. I I would not think that they're like I would if they ch- I I would imagine if you chose to be a family of werewolves living in the forbidden forest, you're like hardcore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Give me their story. That'd be that'd be rad. I I actually would be kind of dope. They could be I I think they'd be bad guys. No, yeah, definitely. But yeah, for sure. Um definitely interesting that I wrote that down. Uh He says that it's not safe even especially for you. And then I wrote down, I wrote my note really funny. Harry Harry responds and he asks like <laughs> I wrote it varying like small caps large caps depending on the word because he says what was that thing you saved me from like he accents every other word in a yeah. weird way yeah um but i like it like jesus i don't know how to talk <laughs> what was that thing you saved me from actually i kind of like the patter of it what was that thing you saved me from i think naturally if you were in the situation that's not how you would say no it. That's a deliberate thing. You have to think about it. I think he would have just said, what was that thing? Yeah. What was that thing you saved me from? I don't, yeah, I don't, I think it, it feels unnatural, but at the same time, it's, it's iambic. And I right. think that's what I like about it is like the alternated stresses. So it's deliberate. That's Steve Clove sitting down and saying, I like the way this sounds. We're going to say it like this and it's going to be, the sentence is going to be structured like this. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, so, Friend says it's a monstrous creature. Uh, and then goes on to talk about the terrible crime it is to slay a unicorn. Um, drinking the blood of a unicorn will keep you, uh, f- a flutter. <laughs> a flutter. Affectionate. <laughs> affectionate that's the one that's that's, that's the, the one i liked earlier that you like the most it will keep you a twitter ambiguous until ambiguous there you go mischief managed <laughs> uh, um, right, end of show end of- <laughs> we gotta do our plugs first okay. uh do you have any do you have any do you have anything else i think we're done uh no i think Tomorrow, when we get the rest of that sentence, we'll get to talk a lot about. I want to talk about the the effects of drinking the blood of unicorns. Yes. So we'll save that for tomorrow. Uh, you can uh, find uh, where, where where what plugs have I done already this week? You can find us on iTunes at um. Sorry. Not at meow. No. You can find us on iTunes. You should leave us a five-star review and a rating. Uh, we read our reviews on the weekend edition that we do over on Patreon at patreon.com slash hpminute. So if you give us a rating, we will read it on the Quibbler on the weekend edition. So do that. And join us tomorrow for minute 109 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed.